you for tuning in to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I am a licensed professional counselor with a private practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And on the Push Through Podcast, we're going to talk all things motherhood, womanhood, childhood, and everything in between, and sometimes random things that are on my mind. So please sit back, relax, and let's have a chat. Please be mindful that explicit language is within this episode of the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the Push Through Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit different, but it kind of coincides with what last week's episode was about. So we're going to be talking about a father's experience after becoming a first-time dad and some new developing research in regards to what men experience in postpartum. And this is something that's new as far as what evidence and what research has been done in comparison to what women experience in postpartum depression. And to name this diagnosis, it's called paternal postnatal depression. And to give you the definition of exactly what that is, it is a common condition among men after the birth of a child. Up to one in four new dads have PPND. And what some of those risk factors are, because remember last week we talked about a lot of risk factors that set women up for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Well, there's risk factors for men as well. So here are a few I'm going to run through. Um, A lack of good sleep, changes in hormone, personal history of depression, poor relationship with their spouse. So that's like if they're already having conflict, if there's already issues with their foundation, and then they have a child on top of that. Um, Also poor relationship with one or both parents. So that if dad has struggles with his mom and or his father. Also relationship stress with a partner or with in-laws. Excessive stress about becoming a parent or a father. So that's like if they're having anxiety about this new role that they're going to be taking on, if they're unsure, if the idea of having a kid sounds great, but then when the reality sets in, it's kind of terrifying. And then also a non-standard family. So that's if they're not married or if they're a stepfather, um, something of that nature, if they're coming from a traditional background where this is something that's important to them, but it hasn't been established. Also poor social functioning, a lack of support from others. So that could be if they moved, that could be if family members or friends are against this relationship um, or even just having the child in general or they're just in an area where they don't have support. Um, Economic problems or limited resources. So that's if they're having some financial issues, a sense of being excluded from the connection between the mother and the baby. And that's something that's not talked about a lot either. Some men have issues with not getting as much attention from their partner once the baby is there because the baby is the main person that's kind of like that focus and it takes the attention away from the father and some men struggle with that. So those are just like some short risk factors. And then also I had said, I think in one of my earlier episodes that I wanted to touch on 
something that Portia Williams' fiance Dennis McKinley said. Um, it was in a headline of Us Magazine where he was saying that her postpartum depression was the reason that he cheated. Now, not all men experience postpartum depression. Some just have something that is helping them or making them struggle with just the adjustment with becoming a father. And it could be various reasons. Maybe they're not ready to be committed. Maybe they are having a lot of distractions, whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm just going to read a quote from Us Magazine of what he said. Um, he stated, we had a rough pregnancy all the way from start to finish. Sex during pregnancy is nothing that a man wants to do. And after PJ got here, postpartum was very real. We cried together like every night. That's not a good enough why, but that's why. It was a poor decision and it was a selfish decision. I made a mistake. I've cheated. I've done my best to let Portia know that I love her and I'm remorseful and apologetic. The priority for me is the baby. So that's something that he shared in his experience with postpartum. Um, and when I say that in postpartum, that is in reference to having her had the baby, but not that he has any type of diagnosis of paternal postnatal depression. So that's a lot of information, <laughs> but I wanted to set this up because I have a guest today. His name is James, and James was a first-time father not too long ago, and he's just going to share a little bit about his experience. But I think that this is a good conversation to set up because I would love to have some other dads on the show to just talk about their different experiences too. And I know that Push Through is more so geared for women, but it does take a sperm and an egg to make a baby. So with that said, hello, James. How are you? Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, so first I wanted to ask you, um, when you first found out that you were going to be a dad, what was your first emotion? Well, I'll be honest. My first emotion was fear, complete fear. Um, at that time, I wasn't where I wanted to be in life as far as like my career, as far as finances go. And so for me, it was more of a, wow, I really have to get my shit together really because there's going to be a child coming and abortion was not an option for me like nor did i say oh, that would be an option but for me it was like wow i have someone coming into this world i am at a point where i'm about to break into a career but i'm not also fully in that career fully established to have a, to have a child in this world okay and do you feel like you had a good example of what a father should be? Nope. I can honestly tell you that. Not at all. Not at all. Like, me personally in my life, I was raised by a single parent, single mom. So an example of what a father should be to somebody would just be something that I would see from, like, TV or Family Matters. Or, like, a good dad to me was Uncle Phil from, from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm. Because for me, and a lot of people that I knew growing up were also coming from a single family home or a single parent home, and then seeing children who have both their mom and dad, 
their dad were always absent. So it was almost as if they had a single parent home because the dad was always at work. Mm -hmm. So for me, as I was growing up, not having what a true example of what a father should be, thinking if a father was there, like maybe my dad was just away at work and he was just permanently at work. But I have this house, I have this second class family that I live in, that like house that I live in, but it's absent of a father. But thinking maybe dad's away working or something like that. Gotcha. So having this like, this fictional idea of what a father is, such as Carl Winslow or Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, so you have this image in your head, do you feel like you lived out that expectancy? Like, did you, did you exhibit those same behaviors as those fictional characters exhibited? No, no, not at all, because at the beginning, I was... Everything of an absent father. I was always working, thinking in my head that I am working. I'll work X amount of hours, but I'm paying bills and contributing a significant amount of the income to my household. That That's what my job was to be as a father. So the emotional aspect when the baby is here as an infant I lacked the emotions of caring for the child. I mean, I remember the first time I changed diapers. That was a a scary moment for me. I remember the first time I was left with the baby by myself. I really didn't know what to do. All I did was just kept a blanket on him and just sat with him. And I never really bonded or did that whole, you know how like some men have pictures on their social media where they're like acting like they're asleep and the baby's on their <laughs> chest. I didn't do none of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do none of that because that's an emotional aspect because if you think about it, it's that skin to skin bonding, mm-hmm. trying to understand the baby, feel the heart rate of the baby and that baby bonding to you, like laying on you and feeling your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So I never really did any of that. But I was just present in the sense that I was providing a roof for my child, thinking that's what I'm supposed to do as a man. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you felt like you were checking those boxes off, the yeah, financial piece che- of it. Financial pieces of it. Like, I, I, I had those shit. Double check. Double check. So then, like, with the postnatal or paternal depression that I read about in like the new research is coming out paternal postnatal depression rather um some people believe in it and some people don't um some people think that perhaps it's just an excuse and of course like we've read that there's research for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders amongst women where the brain is wired for a woman when she gives birth to immediately have this nurturing side to her but men's brains aren't wired the same and so of course there's something that in the mental health field that we call an adjustment disorder and that's when someone suffers from symptoms when they're put into a new environment or they have to take on a new role and they're struggling to adjust what do you think just overall about the concept of paternal postnatal depression? Do you believe in it? Do you think there's truth to it? Do you think men do suffer from it and don't talk about it? Or do you think that men have a societal 
I don't know, responsibility or or society just looks at them different and they're not held to that same regard as women? Well, like, that's a really good question. But the question is also, is, is geared towards a man of the opposite sex not having, like, the genetic makeup as a woman to, like, exhibit those estrogen type of emotions that you're pre-wired for, right? Mm -hmm. But now... When you ask that question to a man such as myself, a black man, that changes the entire aspect. Because the entire aspect about it is that a lot of black men, statistically, mm -hmm. and I don't know the numbers of it, but it's statistically they always say, oh, there's a lot of single black moms out there and all of that. And you look at society and you look at the number of black men who are in jail and you relate it to family and that, then yes, there is that aspect because for me, the postpartum as being a black male experiencing from having a child with my black wife is the fact that I was present, but I was emotionally checked out. I was emotionally checked out. And then for me being emotionally checked out, I never had emotions as a child that felt of being loved by a male. And then being loved by a male who is my creator. So you, you didn't experience it, so you didn't know how to give it. Exactly. Exactly. So in relation to me, I believe in it because I experienced it. And I exhibited behaviors that were not. What were the behaviors you exhibited? I would come home after a long. I would. Okay. Perfect example. I would get off of work. A long 12 hour shift. With a hour and a half commute. So all in all. A shift for me would be 12 hours of just work. But the commute will be an additional three hours. Right. So I'm already looking at 15 hours worth of being absent out the house. Mm -hmm. But I chief a lot of dough, so I'm taking care of the aspects. So when I come home, rather than being, what do you need from me? I walk in, I greet, and I disappear. I completely disappear into a, a four-wall house with five bedrooms, but I'm like, Somewhere completely different. I'm not even in the same room. So that's one example I was exhibiting. And then say I did have time. In my head, mom is supposed to just be that nurturer. You know? It's I'm, her job. It's her job. It's her job. So when I was present on like, just a, let's just say on a three-day off period, right? I would still do the things of looking after my child and not holding or not like calming down when they're crying or hungry or something like that. If they're hungry, yes, I'm feeding them. But if it was outside of that aspect, I didn't know what to do. Mm. Did uh, you feel anxiety about it when it came up or did you just not even try to learn it or wasn't interested in it? The interest wasn't there. The interest wasn't there. 
like I would say maybe this sounds like immature or something, but I would say that I just wanted to provide, be there and just provide. And then when they got to an age of like being able to have a full conversation with me and understanding what life is about, then that's where I would step in to provide like some aspect of what being a man is. Well, I think that's an interesting point because if you're saying that in your idea or, you know, what was instilled in you being there in those early years, months, weeks, wasn't something that was a priority, but was more important was when your child got to an age of being able to have a conversation and comprehend a little bit more. So they're developmentally more advanced. That's when you felt like you could step in. And with that being said, how do you feel a relationship would have been established if you didn't really like come in emotionally until they're like eight or 10 years old? And that's where the gray area is in. And that's where I just had to grow up. That's exactly like why I just had to grow up. Because how do you establish a relationship with somebody if you weren't exhibiting emotion with them in their prime? You know, how do you do that? You can't just be like, men don't cry. You have to cry. You have to feel that emotion of failure or you just have to feel that emotion of hurt. And it comes from infancy. Mm -hmm. It comes from being born and growing up. So as a man, it was wrong of me to think that, okay, let's say, um, when is adolescence? Like, well, when 13. is that? 13. Let's say that's when you really want to step in and take care of your child or take care of your child emotionally, right? Now you're stepping in and teaching them the wrong aspect because you didn't have it, but you feel like you understand enough in life that, oh, you're a man, don't cry. You're a man, don't cry. You're a man, don't cry. That's, that's not how the system should work mm -hmm. but the system should work as far as being your child being there from your child from from birth to adolescence is that you also go through the stages stages of emotions with them with it whether if it's failure or whether if it's like crying for for excitement because you can still cry for excitement or cry, cry for like an accomplishment in life you know mm -hmm. so with that aspect, I just, I feel like with, with a man having a child for the first time, sometimes it's planned, sometimes it's not planned. Maybe if it's planned, they properly prepare themselves for how they're going to be when the child is here. Because when you're married, you're in love with your wife, you're trying to make a family and you get to those stages where you actually produce life that maybe you might prepare to deal with that emotional aspect but let's just say you didn't prepare and for me I didn't prepare I didn't read any books there's no book for me to say hey these are the steps of how to raise a child because even if you think about it say if something did happen to the mom giving birth to that baby now, there's only one postpartum effect. There's this the man aspect of it. So if there's just a man aspect of postpartum, 
some men will say, well, you know, I wasn't attracted to my wife anymore, so that's probably why I cheated. But say if the woman did die, like, mm -hmm. if she did die giving birth, because there's a lot of chances that you will die giving birth. Right. So why would that be an excuse to go and cheat on somebody? Because so if they did die, if they did die, you, you can't say I wasn't attracted to my wife Yeah. to go and cheat. You're just so I guess by like yourself. Segue into what McKinley, Dennis McKinley, if I'm saying his name correctly. What do you think about that, of what he said and what his comment was? Um, in all honesty, I just feel like that was an immature comment to make because like, when you're born, when you're married to a woman, you go through all stages of life with a woman. Like, everything ain't hunky and dory what you see on social media when, like, chicks act like they wake up with makeup on. That that shit ain't true. That ain't life. Like, that when you go through pregnancy as a woman, like, your body completely changes. Your body is wired to change. Your mental aspect is wired to change. So the aspect of a man using the excuse of not being attracted to their wife to have an affair is not right. It's just, you just have to be honest and say, nah, I just wanted to fuck another chick. And I, after that, I just wanted to fuck another chick. Because here's the thing. That other chick, they went and fucked. It was just that aspect of attraction for the moment. But hey, that chick will get pregnant too, just from the same actions you did with the woman who's carrying a child. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So all of that doesn't make sense. It's just an excuse for someone just to give an excuse so it's a choice it's a choice it's always a choice it's always a choice period and it will always be a choice there's no aspect of i am not attracted to more the aspect of saying i don't like to have i don't do pregnant sex i can get that shit i get that shit but it doesn't mean that's the reason you could just jack off for for nine ten months and then get right back to fucking your wife. Literally. But to use that as an excuse, it's not, it's, it's improper. You just wanted to fucking that shit. That's it. So then to, to take it back um, to when you were referencing how you were spending 15 hours outside of the house and you just wanted to provide financially, you didn't necessarily have a real life role model. I'm just looking at like risk factors in which mm -hmm. you experience. So it sounds like some occupational stress. Um, it sounds like some family disconnection because your father wasn't necessarily present to give you an example. Do you feel like you had any other stressors that contributed to your own personal experience of being a new dad? The fact that I was doing all that, I was creating the disconnect with my spouse. So rather than not right, rather than being with my spouse in every aspect of the relationship of her going through postpartum, her feeling some type of way about herself, because I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that. Like, my wife will feel like she's unattractive, but it's just, I'm looking at her. I know she's attractive. She knows she's attractive, but her brain was telling her otherwise. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have had this kid if she wasn't attractive. That's how shallow I am. Mm -hmm. I don't want no ugly ass baby. 
You know what I'm saying? So just the disconnect and not going through the stages of postpartum with my wife and nursing her back to feel like she's attractive was where the disconnect was. Mm. So rather than to detach yourself from it, you need to embrace it and you just all go through it together. Mm-hmm. That's it. How was your own self-esteem at that time? How did you feel about yourself? Oh, man. You don't want to hear this. Like, I... Guys don't don't feel like I'm evil or something. <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. But my self-esteem about myself, like, shit, I cream a lot of dough, so I'm good, and I'm good looking. That's all I thought. So it's like, I'm a cash. I'm always going to be a cash, and that's it. That's just it, period. But rolling like that, you exhibit yourself or you you, you present yourself to other people who see it, and then they want to lure you from who you're with, right? Mm-hmm. Because emotionally, they lack that, and they want it for themselves. So they're looking at it as if, well, shit, rather than going to have some something with somebody who does not have a background of being married or having a child, I'm just going to take this individual because they're able to do it with, the, with that individual. They could do it with me, too. Mm-hmm. And I also look at it as this, this is immature or something to say, or maybe it's facts. If you look at life, and let's just say the actual aspect of being alive as a species, as a human, as a lion, as a tiger, and all of that. And a bear. And a bear, all that (laughs) shit. You think motherfucking lions, tigers, and bears goddamn go through postpartum? Nah, the dude has a kid with a chick. And he disappears, and the chick be with the kid, and then she'll have another baby daddy. All of, all of a sudden, maybe, maybe I don't know. But then but we're, saying, we're, but I think it's difficult to compare it to animals because we're far more advanced. Because advances in in communication on an intellectual level. But yeah. if you're we're just talking about your sole purpose of being a species and being alive, or procreating, but, procreating. That's all the fuck you here to do. So why is it like? A man can have, like, a kid with, like, ten chicks. All he did was just procreate. All she did was just procreate just to keep their lineage going. But now when you involve, like, feelings and you involve our intellectual level of communication, then that's when everything gets into that gray area and gets into that aspect. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying that as far as your self-esteem was concerned, it was more so based off of a superficial level. Yeah, Whereas you felt like you were making a significant amount of money and you were physically attractive, and that was what your self-esteem was doing. That's it. That was it. And that just fueled me. And that just fueled me. And, like, I always say this aspect as a man, you have to be careful because you can't get to a point where you have confidence or or you have good self-esteem or get to a point where you just overboard. Because when you're overboard, you could be doing things on so many different levels thinking you're in just control of that aspect. But what happens when one aspect of it goes wrong and then you crash and you burn? Mm, because yeah, you yeah. carry like that. you lose your job. Yeah, you lose your job <laughs> because of your infidelity. 
You bring all of that shit onto the other things you should have put all your all your energy into. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So being the the fact that I made that statement, like thinking I was like, I'm attractive, I'm all that, is just the fact that as good as you have it operating on a level where you just think maybe that is the postpartum. Thinking like, okay, I'm good, I got a kid, I can just keep going on. I can just do whatever I want to do. And you just let your mind run away for you and not have control of what you're doing. You don't know what the the residual aspect of when that shit fucks up, what what it will do to you. The consequences. The consequences will just be astronomical mm-hmm. compared to just that small shit. Remember, um, I remember watching the movie. Um, what is it? What is that movie? A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it was Martin Lawrence and his mom said, his mom told her, a night time of pleasure, a night of pleasure will give you a lifetime of headaches. That's a motherfucking true story, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to be mature enough to understand that you're dealing with life, you're dealing with humans, you're mm-hmm. dealing with somebody that you care about, and then you're dealing with an offspring that you care about because just the fact of being present for a child but not being checked in with the emotional aspects of bringing them up the right way, you might create a monster just from being there and not being there at the same goddamn time. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, this is true. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I wish I did, but, <laughs> but I guess I'm just look, trying by error. Looking back, so it sounds like you definitely had an experience, and it sounds like you've done a lot of self-reflection. So looking back at your past, how did you correct things? How did you make it better? How did hmm. you grow? Hmm. Honestly, I don't know if I corrected things. All I knew is that I can be a better person than like I was exhibiting. So I became more present. I became more of a sense of learning how to stay at home. I started doing more things with my child and experiencing those milestones that he needs to reach. Mm-hmm. Like learning new words with him or teaching him how to stick his finger up and say he's two years old or just learning aspects of being more present created more of an attachment that made me want to be there all the single time. All the single time. So, I still have that fear. Thinking there's a textbook on how to raise a child to be emotionally, like, intact with themselves. Because I'm not emotionally, like, intact with myself. I still have periods and I still have my struggles and I still have my vices that I use to help me cope, like cope through things, but it's not as bad as it used to be. But for me, I look at it as how can I show my child I am like, like I got my life together and that's the reason like they're emotionally like in check. How can you model? How How can you be the model that you didn't have? But here's the thing. I exhibit it in person for it to see it in his eyes of, like, I have my shit together. But when he's asleep, 
I'm off doing my vices that keeps me calm. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm still dealing with postpartum. I don't know. But at least, like, I'm more present because you got to, you got to crawl before you got you walk. You got to mm -hmm. start from somewhere. And at least you're present. At least you're aware. And you yeah. self-reflect. And I don't think that there is a textbook. I think that there's no dress rehearsal to parenthood. I think everybody just wings it. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part about it. Even if you have a model of how to be a father, it's still your experience. And it's still your journey to walk, to figure it out along the way. Like, I was, I was, I was talking to my wife just the other day. And um, we were talking about one of my friends that I grew up with, grew, grew up with, and like, he's a textbook of somebody who's supposed to be like emotionally confident. He's supposed to like just have all his shit together. He's someone who's like very attractive, right? He comes from a two-parent home. He was raised with his dad, like mom and his sister. All of that being present. 16 years old, he got his car he wanted to get. Very smart, educationally. Like, he made, like, a 1500 on the SAT when he still t when he took it. Without even, like, practicing. He was just raised right. Mom sat down, taught him how to read. Dad provided, and all of that aspect, right? Thinking maybe that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? And then when you look at it, too, because there's still other stigmas that go with being black. He was a lighter complexion black person, so he was like the sought off after from what, like of what people would want, right? Mm -hmm. And he's the one that can walk around and not be as dark as me, and like doesn't present threat and all of that. But now, he's someone who's like has considered suicide. He's like dated, done people wrong. He's he's not even stable within himself. But he would come to me and say. How does it feel to have your life together? And I'm like, ha, <laughs> you think I got my shit together? You don't know what the fuck I do at night just to cope, you know? But, like, just people's presentation of what what life is, having a child or not having a child, or just what life is, that presentation, I feel like regardless of postpartum, every single one, even who someone who has come from a home that, like, let's just say is textbook and has stability is still emotionally fucked up in some aspect. Like, let's just look at um, the Royal King and, and shit. They stepping down from their aspect mm -hmm. because the wife feel like this is too much goddamn pressure and they just had a kid and shit. Right. So it's like how that's postpartum. <laughs> Imagine like that being like in nine night of an entire country looking up to you as being a mm -hmm. royal leader. And she she definitely has those risk factors because she doesn't live in her own country. Mm -hmm. She's not around her supporters. Mm -hmm. She has a new job, mm -hmm. a new role, mm -hmm. a new paparazzi is much different over there than it is over here. But peep it from this aspect on what we're talking about. Like, what is it doing to the husband who was born into that? So that's a normal level of stress for him that he can handle. But he's stepping down from his role to aid to her. Mm -hmm. So, like, is he truly happy or is he just trying to make her happy? This is just all, it's, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, I ain't got the answers. <laughs> I ain't got the damn answers. All I can say is I could just, like, understand for it. And live like a 12-step program in rehab. I just live one day at a time, mm -hmm. goddammit. That's, that's all it. you can do. That's it. Well, I guess 
that makes for a good conclusion. What would be three tips that you would offer to a new father to help them during this huge adjustment period? When you come home, go to your wife or go to your baby mom because you ain't got to be married to have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to go to them and be like, what can I do for you so I can give you some relief? That one line is every bit of that three examples I could give it to. That one line. That one line. God damn. You know what? Let me just, you know, you, you just want some time. You want to walk off. Because shit, your wife could be sitting there, goddamn, or your baby mom could be sitting there thinking like she about ready to kill the goddamn kid because they overwhelmed. Right? Mm -hmm. They overwhelmed. But just giving them that line. And you got to truly mean it. You got to mean it. You have to want to do it. That one line, though, you take over and just let them get a 30-minute break, an hour break, a 24-hour break. That will make everybody's life a lot easier. That's one major advice I can give. Okay. Do you have two more? Yeah, I, can. I got more. <laughs> I got more than just three. Another aspect of it is want to be there for your child like want to be there don't think you're just like providing like shelter for them is 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 like the aspect of being a father you have to yearn to like have your baby cry on your chest and shiver and like be in fear of like what their surroundings are at. Like maybe it's just a thunderstorm outside mm -hmm. and they're like, what's that? I ain't never heard that shit before. Mm -hmm. But the aspect of them being in your arms, in your man ass hands, laying on your chest provides a level of comfort that just reinforces their love for you. But it reinforces your love to them because that's the shelter you're providing, these helping hands, these loving hands. Wanting to be a comfort. Wanting to be a comfort. Yeah, I mean, like, man, that right there, that right there will really, really humble your ass down to understand that this is my creation, and I can mold it to be anything I want it to be. But in molding him or her to get to that point, it involves being here and providing comfort in arms and emotions and, and fear and, like, just bringing their heart rate down and letting them feel like they are loved and they are in a place of happiness. Hmm. It really, like, is that, that's, that's, that's another mm -hmm. amazing one. Another amazing one. And you know what? If you are married or if y'all just in a relationship and you haven't been married also find a way to keep that connection with your baby mama even if you're married if you married it's still your goddamn baby mama so you have to like find a way to keep that connection because you guys are both parents you're both new parents and whatnot together Versus if someone had a kid before, but you guys are both new parents to that child. But if you guys still have a relationship with each other, you still have to find a way to bond. Because if you don't do that, 
you're going to create a disconnect where it's not only the man will, who will go and cheat, it's also the woman can go and cheat as well. So you can't put the pressures and say, man, just go and cheat, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep, just got to keep that fire going between y'all. Like, you have to find a way where your woman just knows, like, you the man in the bedroom, she's satisfied, and and, 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 and in the kitchen, she's satisfied, like, in happiness and just going out to live life, she's satisfied. You have to find a way to keep that shit going, because if you don't have that, that's going to create that disconnect where you think the grass is greener on the other side, but that shit ain't ever goddamn greener on the other side. That's what you just think. But you're just going to start something else with somebody to learn new habits. But, like, anytime you cheat, you never cheat into, like, anytime any individual cheat to keep that shit going. is like, you never, you never get to a point where an individual knows you for who you truly are. You just live in the green light thinking it will be like, you, you live in honeymoon period, basically. Right, right. Because you're doing life with your wife or your partner. Mm-hmm. You're doing the, the rough part of it, mm-hmm. but not with this escape person. Escape person at all. So rather than going to that, you need to continue doing it with the motherfucker you going through that rough patch with. Period. That's it. Good. Good tips, James. Thank you so much for sharing. No problem. No I problem. really appreciate it. And I think that this is like great discussion I would love to make this a little bit a part of the series of having a dad drop in here and there and just being able to give their tidbits of what their experience is. Because I know everybody's experience is very different, um, whether it's a mom or a father. But thank you guys for listening in. Please give us your comments, questions about this particular episode and what your perspective is. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. Please rate, review, comment, and share. If you have any questions, email us at Keisha at KeishaReeves.com and check us out at PushThroughMom.com. Until next time, keep pushing.